Amen. Thank you, Denny. And you are blessed and released as well, Denny. Thank you, thank you. If you don't know, Denny has volunteered or voluntold himself into teaching a junior high class uh, with all the kids here in junior high grades. And um, so we just bless you, Denny, and release you too as you become a part of that teaching uh, today. Well, good morning again. Um, this is a great morning, isn't it? It's a little cold outside, but we're inside and we're all bundled up and ready to go. Um, if you don't know who we are, I see some faces that might not know us. Um, my name's AJ. This is my wife, Tammy. Uh, we serve here as a worship pastors. Thank you. Um, <laughs> didn't really need applause. I was just letting you know who we were, uh, but thank you uh, for that. We are going to continue on today in the next core value. Uh, we've been in this core value series for a couple weeks. Uh, we heard about one king the first week. Then we taught on one house. Then we heard from Rich. He taught on one truth. And then last week, Kira came and taught on one spirit. And we're going to kind of keep in that vein uh, for a couple more weeks as we continue through the core values. But today's core value that we will be teaching on is called One Family. And just to set this up a little bit, when Jordan and Kier presented the core values to us, um, they said, we want every one of you to teach on these and we want you to pray about which one you want to teach on. And it was kind of overwhelming at first when you get the whole list and you're like, you know, where, where do we go with this? But I'm just observing, and I think you guys are too, that every single core value is kind of falling in line, falling in place with the heart of the one presenting it to you. And I want to say the same thing today. We're going to present this in a way, hopefully that's simple, and that you can understand and break it down. But also, I just want to say we're going to get into some topics that might be a little heavy today. They might be a little touchy. And uh, we just want you to know this is a safe place. And you can just be a part of, of what's happening here today. Oh, yes. I was also asked to say um, that we know services have been going a little bit longer than normal. If you've been here four or five, six years, you're like, what is this change happening? Why are we going so long? Obviously, change comes with a lot of good things. Some things people like, some things we don't like. One thing I was taught a long time ago, there's two things people hate. Things that say the same and things that change, right? So... <laughs> We just want to release to you and don't think, oh, Jordan and Kira are here, so AJ's just going rogue this morning. No, we, we have their permission to say, you have permission to leave. Don't feel like you need to be held captive here for two and a half, three hours, however long this goes. You have permission to leave. Don't feel like you're going to be excommunicated from the Praise Fellowship community. Uh, but we understand uh, that things are happening. You have kids. We get all that stuff. So you have permission to leave. Don't ever feel like uh, being ashamed of that. Yeah, and I also want to add to that. A lot of you with littles, little littles, it's hard um, being a caretaker of littles. They don't have the stamina that we adults have. They, they might not be able to withstand the two-hour time limit. And we want you to know there's no shame in that, and you are not missing out. 
God has for you what he has for you. And I want to bless you in that area because I know when I was in that time, I so much um, kind of just was drowning in, in the shame of I'm missing out and God's not going to touch me or bless me because my kids don't have the stamina to, to withstand this. But I'm telling you right now, that is a lie. And I break it off of you right now. And I bless you to go in peace when you have to leave because God is omnipresent. <laughs> he is with you wherever you go. So we just wanted to put that out there. Let's just pray here before we open the word. God, we thank you again for your presence this morning. We thank you that you are here in this place. We thank you that you're speaking to us each and every day. And as we go through this teaching this morning, we just ask for the great teacher, the Holy Spirit, to come and just impart things to us that we need to hear this morning. God, we ask for your provision and protection in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. So if you're a flipper or a scroller, whether you do pages or, or screens, uh, you can find that now. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13 is where we're going to be at. I heard someone say the other day, give us time. Give us time to find the scripture. You read it before we can even find it. So here you go. 2 Corinthians 13. Okay, So that's where we're going to start. We'll be a couple different places, but that's where we're going to start. So one family, um, this is a value. Like I said, when we were praying in preparation to speak and teach on these core values, this is one that kind of stuck out to us. Um, we have a family, you guys know, we have a, a daughter and a son, but it's much bigger than that, and hopefully we can get into that today. So we're going to read the value together. Go ahead and throw that up on the screen if you can. Perfect. Oh, nope, that's the scripture. That's what we're going to get to. Core value, do we have it? Oh, yes, we got it. Okay, so this is the core value that describes one family. It says to build a safe and healthy family through actively pursuing deep inner healing and encouragement through God's power and being transparent with one another. This could be a whole series on itself if you break each one of those down and really dive into it. And again, some of you might not even know what some of those words are. And that's why we're here today to help kind of unpack this and unfold uh, what each parts of these are. Um, so I'm just going to read it one more time so we can kind of marinate on it a little bit. To build a safe and healthy family through actively pursuing deep inner healing and encouragement through God's power and being transparent with one another. Just a little backstory on this. About a year ago, when Jordan and Kira came to us and they said, we're feeling the pull, feeling a call to come to Praise Fellowship, this was one of the things that was on their heart, was deep inner healing. And at that time, I knew a little bit about it. I had heard about it. We have had some ministries here in the past. Um, some of you might remember Sozo or Restoring the T Foundations, RTF. Those are some ministries that our church has been involved with throughout the years around deep inner healing. But <laughs> when they said, we're going to offer this to you guys. We're going to offer this to the leadership here and the staff. Whoever wants to go through inner healing, we're going to offer this out to you. We're not going to force you to do it. 
But this is part of what we believe in, uh, the, the kind of culture that we came from, and we want to offer this to you. I've been a Christian since I was five years old. I've been to many conferences. I've probably been a part of close to 2,000 worship services. But this was an area that I needed to learn a lot about. And I'm not going to talk that much more. I'm going to let Tammy kind of take it from here because this burns in this woman. Um, it just oozes out of her. I know some of you have had conversations with her about this topic, and you're going to get to see what's in her heart. It's just going to come right out. So I'm going to let her kind of um, take it. So before we read the scripture, just to build off of that, honestly, when Jordan and Kira were saying that to us, even though we didn't know much about it, it was something that we were like, we desperately need it. We, we recognize the fact that whatever that is, we need it. We need the Lord to come in and touch the broken places within us because we are a broken people. Like, I was so broken, and, and we just been through a lot, and we just we needed God to come in and to touch us. And so that's really what today is we're going to talk about. Um, but let's read the scripture that's associated with this particular core value. Would you like to read it? Honey? I can read it. I got to find it. It's on the screen. Thank you. Uh, so here we are. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. And if you have the paper that has every core value, there's a scripture associated with every core value. This is the scripture associated with the core value of one family. So here we go. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace be with you. We'll just expound on that a little bit. Obviously, we know that we're grafted into the family of God. We're adopted in. But it's the blood of Jesus that unifies us all together as one family. Oh, <laughs> Forgive us. We're getting used to the whole... Tag team. Tag team. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we become family, like I said, now through adoption, so everyone in the family now has a purpose of what to do. And when one of us gets healing, it's healing. That healing affects the whole family. And it's part of our testimony you're going to hear, there's like a rippling effect. When one person gets free in a family, it affects more members of the family. It's kind of rippling effect. And the same in this room, right? We are one family. When one of us is encouraged within the family, it's an encouragement for all of us within the family. So this is all about family. It's all about one family. So the first part of this core value that we want to dive into is about actively pursuing inner healing. And like I said, this burns and Tammy, and she's going to take it here. Yes, because like AJ said, they offered us the opportunity to receive deep inner healing, and we took it. So we have personally ha um, had ministry to deep inner healing a few, t several times. Um, so it, it's just when you get free from something, you're like, oh, this is so good. I need everybody. I want to shout it from the rooftops, and I need everybody to know that they can get free from this too. So what is inner healing? What am I even talking about? Um, and why does it matter? Because um, some of us might be like, listen, I might have had a traumatic life. I've had 
some bad things happen in my life, but I've dealt with that. It's fine. Like, it doesn't bother me anymore. I'm, I'm cool with it. But honestly, those things that have not been touched by the Lord Jesus himself, they are in there and they're festering. And until God comes and heals those deep places, we can't truly experience the freedom, what he died for, right? What he paid for, because it was a costly sacrifice beyond what any of us can fathom or imagine. And he did it for us so that we could be free. What it boils down to is that we want everything that Jesus bought and paid for. We don't just want the salvation. That's a big part of it. But we want the healing and the freedom and the restoration that comes along with it. Um, God is not the author of trauma. He's not the author of inner pain, inner turmoil. Even though Jesus didn't cause the brokenness in us, he loves to come and to bring healing and restoration into those broken places and into those traumatic memories. I am telling you, we have learned things that were ju I just had no idea. I'm a psychology major. I have a master's degree in psychology. I, I understand like some of these things. I understand how to cope in a healthy manner and like what would be healthy and what would not be healthy. This is a whole nother level. This is like next level. Because when you let Jesus come in to, the, <laughs> to those places, it's just like mind-blowing. And it's, it's true freedom and it's true restoration. Um, and like I said during worship, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. That's just ringing in me. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. Freedom. Like, I so desire for all of us to walk in that true freedom um, that comes with the price that he paid. I want everything he paid, everything he paid for. I don't want any of that to be in vain. I don't want any of his sacrifice to be in vain because I am not walking in it. I want it all. I'm just, I'm excited that this burns in her and she's just able to get it out. Because I hear this stuff all the time. Like for the last two months, she's just, you know, and I'm like, hey, this is great. Other people can listen to what you're saying. Um, so it's good. <laughs> um, Isaiah 61 is where we're going to head next. Just a little supporting scripture. But this is, was part of what Tammy read during worship and this has been part of our family's theme verses for the last couple months. And we just wanted to share this with you as we talk about one family today. So Isaiah 61, uh, verses 1 through 3. These verses so beautifully speak to the interior, which is what we're talking about today. And I thought of this analogy. I didn't put it in the notes yesterday. But think of this um, picture a house. You're driving by a house on the, on the side of the road, and the outside of it is immaculate. It's beautiful. Whatever your definition of beautiful is, picture that in your, in your mind. You drive by this house, and it is gorgeous. It's all tip-top shape, perfect landscaping. Nothing's wrong with the outside. But one day, you pull your car in that parking lot, and you open the door of the house, and you walk in, and it's just a dump inside. 
the, I mean, picture this. There's rats and just bugs all over and decay. Nothing on the outside portrayed what was happening on the inside. So these verses here speak to our interior, to our core. What's happening inside of us? It says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And I don't believe that's talking about money and possessions. I believe that's talking about poor in spirit and what we're, what we're defining here today. Poor as in not having rich blessings of spiritual things. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil instead of mourning, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they shall be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And kind of like what was already said this morning, like this is just a passage of beautiful exchanges. Beautiful exchanges. God does not desire his people to walk around with their heads down in brokenness and in bondage and in chains. He desires for his people to be free and thriving and have joy and to be mighty oaks of righteousness. He came to give us life and life abundant, to heal and to set free. He cares so, so deeply about our hearts. He cares so deeply about our inner selves, in our spirit, in our soul. God cares so deeply. There are, there's verse after verse in the Bible talking about how God is a compassionate God and how he's healing not just the outside body, but the inside, right? He restores my soul. Amen. It's so true. He does not neglect the inner man. That's who he created us. He created that within us, and he wants it to be completely restored unto him. So how do I know if I need healing? How, how do, do I know? How do I know? I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. That's this is just... constant, by the way. It's all day long. She turns anything into a song, it's if you can imagine. It's just a bunny trail. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say it again because I want to sing it. Okay. Pretty much, if you're alive and breathing, you've experienced pain, loss, and trauma in your life. Yes. Here are some ways that you can tell that you probably need some inner healing. And I'm going to list some ways. And these might bring up some emotions within you, but I want you to know, beloved, this list, this was a list I was living in for 40 years. Many of the things on this list I was held prisoner and captive to, and I didn't know how to get free. Just reading the Bible verses and, and praying over me and speaking the promises of God actually that is really good, and you need to do that. We need to get the word of God inside of us. But that was not 
enough for my chains and my bondage. Okay? I know I'm kind of going off a little bit here, but because there is repentance and forgiveness that needs to happen in order to break the, the chains. And I had not stepped into that realm of repentance and forgiveness yet. And so I was held in, in chains. I was being deceived. I didn't know of the things I needed to repent for and to, and to release forgiveness for. And once God um, brought that to mind or brought it to the minister's mind who ministered to me, set free, which I'm going to tell you a little testimony later. Don't worry, I'm not going to save it. So here are some ways. You're irritable often. You have panic, perhaps panic attacks. You have anxiety, depression, difficulty trusting others. Other ways that you might need inner healing would be shame. If you walk around in guilt, I've done something bad, that's why I'm being punished. Self-condemnation, addictions, if you have nightmares. Or night terrors. If you have a heightened sense of danger and you're always assessing the room for threats, you're, you walk into a room and you immediately know where the exits are and who looks suspicious. You're hyper alert. You startle very easily. You have insomnia. You only sleep a few hours a night, if that. You have fears, irrational fears or otherwise, any type of fears, claustrophobia, arachnophobia, any kind of severe phobia, any type of fear. Suspicion, excuse me, self-sabotaging, bitterness, unforgiveness, Bouts of rage that seem to come out of nowhere and are very easily triggered. This is just, this is not a comprehensive list. There are so many more things, but those are just a few of the things that might bring to our, our awareness, oh, oh, I got some of that. I didn't know that that was resulting from past trauma or resulting from a broken, something broken within me, a broken spirit or a broken heart that God needs to come and touch and restore. When a, an event from the past, a memory, seems so alive to you as though it happened just yesterday. And it provokes a very strong emotional response in a negative way. It's a negative memory. And it seems as though it just happened. Right? That might be an indicator that you need some in, inner healing. If you have avoidance of all kinds, especially if you're avoiding conflict, if you avoid any type of um, dealing with an issue, any type of avoidance. And like I said, I, I have fallen under so many, so, so many of these. And God has just taken the last six months and just plucked them out one at a time, two at a time sometimes. And, and I heard um, one of the inner healing ministers say, you know, it's not like that we're an onion and that God has to peel back layers first and can't get to the deep things first because God can do anything. He can go straight through whatever he wants. It's that he has mercy and kindness and compassion. And um, like in Exodus where it says they, 
they drove out the Hittites and all the ites little by little because they couldn't have inhabited the land. He said within a year, he said, I'm going to drive them out little by little more than a year because it's not going to be long. Like if I drive them all out right now, the land will overtake you. The wild beasts of the field, they're going to overtake you. And, and God in his mercy and compassion knows what we can handle and what we can't handle. And especially if you've been living under those chains and bondages and lies from the enemy for 40 years, he knows he needs to drive them out little by little so that you can handle and keep the healing and restoration that he has given you. Because it's one thing to be set free, and it's a whole different thing to stay free. And God has really been teaching us how to stay free. How to stay free. And it is amazing. It's so good. So, One of the things we were taught was if you want to keep it, give it away. Right? We know that's a law of return. That's like a, a cycle. So you want to keep your freedom? Give more away. Tell other people about what you've yeah. experienced. Yeah. And like I said earlier, God cares so much about the condition of your heart. Because he knows that when we're wounded, when we're hurting, when we're living from a place of trauma, that we're seeing the world through that lens. And he wants to come and wipe away the dross, clear the lens. He wants to have a clean slate for, from which you view your life and the lives of others around you. He wants to bring healing and restoration to his people. There's a beautiful story in Mark, which we've kind of been talking about a lot lately in the last six months. It's just so good. It's where the woman who bled for 12 years and I think on The Chosen, they have this clip, and it's so amazing. It's so amazing. But this woman, she would have been so desperate for this healing from Jesus because she would have been an outcast, completely abandoned by probably her entire family at this point, without a father, without a husband. Nobody would have wanted her because they would have been ritually unclean when they were around her and if she touched them. So she was completely rejected by society as a whole. I can only imagine the level of loneliness and deep rejection that she would have felt aside from the fact of the physical torment that she was going through. The inner heart of her would have been so broken. And so the story goes, she reaches out and just touches the hem of his garment, which we know according to the law back at that time, that would have made Jesus unclean. And Jesus felt the power leave him, and he wanted to know who touched him. And we're going to read about how Jesus addresses the situation of this unclean woman who had an issue of bleeding for 12 years. And this is in Mark chapter 5. Verses 33 and 34. And the woman, though she was afraid and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Then he said to her daughter, Your faith, your personal trust and confidence in me has restored you to health. Go in peace and be permanently healed for your suffering. 
This is so good. Notice it said she also told him the whole truth. <clears throat> I want to point to that too because that's actually part of our core value is being transparent with one another and speaking the truth, right? She told Jesus the whole truth. And notice in this verse he says, daughter. He calls her daughter. He doesn't say woman, your faith has healed you. He says daughter. And in, in The Chosen, she's like, I'm nobody's daughter. Mm. But you're my daughter. So good. He is restoring to her her identity. He is healing both her heart and her body. And he says, be healed from your suffering. Because like we said, this woman would have been suffering not just physically, but emotionally and mentally for 12 years in a prison of shame, loneliness, and rejection. And he says, go in peace. I feel like he's saying to her, let the shame and the guilt and the trauma that you have felt for the last 12 years, let that fall off of you and let peace take its place. Go in peace. He's healing the heart and the body. What a great exchange. <laughs> what an amazing exchange. So this is what inner healing looks like. When he calls you daughter, son, when he restores to you your identity, when he exchanges your trauma for who you are in him, he's restoring to us our true identity, and he's healing the deepest places of our hearts. So let's recap here a little bit. That was a lot of information in a short amount of time, and I understand that. But that was just the first part of the core value. And again, there's a lot of emphasis on inner healing. But I just, I kind of wanted to give a little introduction to that. If, if you don't know what it is, explain it a little bit. If you've been on board for 15 years, awesome. Bless you. You can help us out in the future because we're going to do more things um, like this in the future with Inner Healing Ministry. So let's put the core value up there again. Uh, we're going to reread it, and we're going to move on from the inner healing part. So one family, to build a safe and healthy family through actively pursuing deep inner healing, which is kind of where we were. Now we're going on to the second part. And encouragement through God's power and being transparent with one another. Can I just interject real quick? Because we, I don't know if, I can't remember. We're going to talk about, well, maybe we won't, I don't know. But the deep inner healing, this part was from God. These, these are the powerful God moments where he is deeply he healing us on the inside. But being authentic with each other and speaking the truth in love also brings deep inner healing. And that's the second part I could be jumping. I'm super sorry. <laughs> this is, like you said, a lot, and so much is going on in my brain because we had to take what felt like a six-week series and condense it into one, one message. So, oh, it's me. The word encouragement here is speaking of blessing one another instead of curses. The Bible talks about that. It talks about be careful how you speak to one another and release blessings instead of curses. Because see, the enemy's goal is to bring division and strife. 
within the body of Christ, within the family. I've heard Jordan and Kira talk about this, this covenant that we have with each other. And I remember that was so difficult for me to grasp early on because I was so traumatized. I was living in such a broken state. I couldn't even fathom or imagine trusting anyone out, outside of any circle of my inner circle to be in a covenant with. And since getting receiving inner healing and having God come and touch those places and being restored to my true identity, I can see and I'm like, yes, we are in covenant with one another. We are one family, not just within our homes, that is huge too, but within the body of Christ, within these four walls, and within globally, we are one family. And so, Can I tag on that? please, speaking the truth in love, you're going to so talk about So, if you've been around here four or five years, you've probably picked up on me saying this word a lot, encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. And I say this to Tammy all the time, I said, we get beat up enough outside these four walls. We don't need more beating yeah. on yeah. when we come in here. We need to be encouragement yeah. to one another. Yeah. Yeah. So the, our words have power. Uh, the, the other night we were at a worship night and the guy just kept, kept saying, I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. Our words, our tongue has the power to bless and curse. So while we're here, actually all the time, yeah. we should be blessing. We should be encouraging and it's right in this core value, and I love it. Yeah. It's awesome. And, and I want to tag that, too. I understand because I've been there. I know that when you are in a place where you can't even fathom blessing someone else because you are so hurting and broken on the inside, that is an invitation to come to Jesus in a way where he can touch those places and heal them so that you can take up your rightful place in the body of Christ and be an encourager. Um, and so also this, this speaks to speaking the truth in love when it talks about, um, being transparent with one another. I like to just call that speaking the truth in love. That's just something that that's been on our hearts over the last seven or eight months too. Like this is actually harder than it sounds. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Speaking the truth is a little easier for me. It's the love part that sometimes hangs me up. I just you're gonna tell us an example. Oh no, <laughs> let's not. I don't know, but um, this is where the compassion of Christ comes in. And when we can't have compassion for one another, we just need to seek Him. That's where it stems from. That's where it comes from. Father God, would you give me compassion for this person? Would you show me how you see this person? And when God comes and does that, it's like, okay, speaking the truth and love got a little easier. Thank you, Jesus. Tell a story. Uh, I'm not going to tell. Oh. Well, I guess I will tell a story. And this isn't even in the notes. But what, I'm not saying just come here and be happy all the time, put on a face. That's not what I'm saying. We need to be real with one another. We need to be, like it says, vulnerable. We need to know that you can be transparent with me and I can be transparent with you. There needs to be trust there. And if there isn't, we need to go back to the beginning of the core value and actively pursue inner healing so that we can get to the rest of it. Uh, that, that's a big part. Um, one of the supporting scriptures that goes with this one, uh, we believe, is James 5. Uh, just one verse, James 5, 16. 
I don't think we put this one in there for you. Luke, sorry. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. Healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Um, when we were meeting last week as a pastoral team, we have been speaking into each other's lives um, more regularly than... It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It's very good. <laughs> so there, there's like a unity building within the pastoral team, so I want to encourage you with that. But also... Uh, we, when we come together, we said, hey, we know the Core Value One family is coming up. We just submit to all of you. Is there something that you want to add in to this week? Because we want it to be one heart. We want it to be a unity of the body. So Pastor Rich said, yeah, I got something you can put in. And I said, okay. Is it about history or wars? No, I didn't say that. Which I love history and wars. <laughs> um, no, but he, he, he gave us a story. So this isn't my story. I'll give him the credit for it. And I'll try to remember everything he said. So I'll fill in the holes where you need Fill in the gaps, thank you. So picture um, a group of people like this gathered together, and there's a lot of grumbling and complaining going on, and there's uh, just a lot of malice, and, you know, this person hurt me, and that person hurt me, and they're just trying to get out. They're trying to vent all their stuff about other people, and they're getting it out. And the one guy says, well, I got some darts here, he goes, why don't we get some pictures of these people that you're talking about? We'll put all the pictures on the wall, and we're just going to throw darts at them, get all, all your anger and frustration. So they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. So they gather up the pictures, and they put them on the wall, and they just start throwing darts. And they're, two, you know, this is for 1978, what you did to me, two, throwing all these darts. So they throw all their darts, and they get out all their frustration and anger. And the guy goes up to the wall of pictures, and he starts taking them down one by one. And you can start to see behind the pictures is a face of Christ. When we cut each other down, we're cutting the body of Christ. When we throw the dart at Faith or Jessica or Eric... We're throwing that dart at Jesus because we're made in his image. And if we're part of the body of Christ, we're cutting another part of us out. Lord, forgive us. Forgive me when I have done this to others that are part of your body. See, love is at the core foundation of all of this. Love and compassion. And in Corinthians 13, it talks about a verse that we hear in weddings. Would you like to read the verse? Sure, I can do this. Okay. So 1 Corinthians 13, we often hear this at weddings. It's uh, verses 1 through 3. I think you have this one. We often hear this at weddings, but this, these verses should be for every day. This isn't just something we read at weddings. It says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. No offense, drummers. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor, 
and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. We cannot continue to minister to people, to help people in the name of Jesus and not do it with love. Amen. Love has to be the foundation of Amen. all these core values, but especially of this one. We can't actively pursue inner healing and deliverance and do it in a method that's not loving and not caring to others. That's so good. It's so good. Um, testimony time. Okay. Oh, you have something? Okay. Yes. I've been waiting this whole time to give my testimony. I just love it. it there's so many testimonies, but I just picked two. Um, because like I said earlier, a lot of those things on that list, irrational fears, um, heightened sense of danger, um, very jumpy, startled easily, anxiety. Oh, I don't even know. The list is super long. And when I repented of believing the lie that the enemy had placed over my life, which was that I'm rejected and I'm abandoned and I'm lonely and nobody cares about me. And honestly, I know this is going to be. <laughs> Some of you are like, what do you mean? You always seem happy. There was a deep sense of absolute loneliness within me. And I really believed the lie that nobody cared. That nobody cared about me and that nobody would be there if I needed them. Truly. And God came and ministered to that place. And he did it in such a beautiful way. And I repented of that lie. And I forgave myself for believing it. And I forgave others who might have contributed to that, to that lie. And once I did that, God set me free. I also had irrational fears like you can't even, maybe you can though, imagine. Fear of the dark. Fear of being alone. Fear of driving at night. Fear of legit, complete, irrational fear. Like, I'm talking, I'm in my house in the middle of the day, and I think someone's going to break in and steal us and kill us. Like, murder me right now. Take my kids, rip them away. In the middle of the day, this is tormenting me. My entire life, I've had these fears. And I, ha and I used to tell AJ, every day is a battle for me to make it through the day. Because every day I struggled to silence those voices. But they were super strong. And it was because I had given the enemy legal rights to come and harass me. So when I rebuked them and I prayed for them to leave, he was like, well, you gave me the legal right to harass you by believing the lie that I told you that you're rejected and abandoned. That you're lonely. Right? And so once I repented of those lies and forgave and got delivered and set free, <laughs> I do not have those irrational fears anymore, amen. Amen. I am telling you the freedom, I was, this is me, I'm like, this is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. There we go we with the song you, again. We praise you. I was like, for 40 years I was in that bondage, had no idea what freedom felt like. No idea. When I felt that thing leave, I felt it leave. It was heavy. It was so heavy. I remember saying, 
I'm pretty sure I'm 50 pounds lighter. Like, that's what I thought had lifted off of me. I don't think you had 50 pounds. <laughs> well, but so this is what I'm talking about, people. This is what is available to us. This is what is available to us. And God so desperately wants, he's ready and willing and wants us to step into it. But we have to be willing to, to recognize some things and to repent of some things and to forgive of some things. And so um, I also want to say this. When we went to the conference, I don't even know what prayer was prayed. I don't even know what was even said. I just remember, I used to also, so I got delivered of those irrational fears. That was one thing. That was a dark, dark thing. Then I still had some claustrophobia. I still had some fear of elevators, like legit panic attack on an elevator. Ask my children, tunnels? No, I'm inter- I'm speaking in tongues. I am closing my eyes and praying and like, 10, 9, 8. Honestly, like, that, it was so real. Kids are taking videos. Hey, mom, look at this. She's like, no. <laughs> and in the video, I'm like panicking so bad. And it's, oh, gosh. Honestly, and so I remember riding the elevator because we were on like the fourth floor at that inner healing conference. And I looked over at AJ and I was like, oh. I don't care that we're on an elevator. This is amazing. Like, I don't care at all. This doesn't bother me. We're going through tunnels, driving in the car. I don't even bat an eye. And I was like, this is, this is what freedom feels like. This is what it is. I'm just saying, that's, you know, like, we sing these songs up here, but really, do, do I know? And, and I just so desperately Our heart's desire is that every one of you walk in this freedom, walk in this kind, compassion, healing, and restoration of your soul. Um, Before we started on this journey of inner healing, I was, you know, really scared because I, God was bringing up some hurts in my life that I was like, actually, don't bring those up. <laughs> I had ignored them for so long, like it was fine. I'd forgotten all about them. And God was pressing his finger on them and saying, nope, this is actually fogging your lens. And you can't see the body of Christ clearly, and you can't see yourself clearly. And I want to clean the lens. And the only way to do that is if I bring that hurt to the surface and you give it to me. And it is a bold and courageous step to take. And it's scary, not going to lie. Sometimes it's real scary, depending on how much deep hurt we have. But there is nothing that compares to the freedom and the restoration and the healing that you get if you would just be so courageous and bold. See, because I had thought I had dealt with these, some of these things, honestly. Not those irrational fears. I knew that was a problem in my life. And I, would, I knew it. We knew it. I, wasn't, I didn't love it. I wasn't partnering with it like, oh, I'm just an afraid person. It keeps me safe. I, wasn't like, I didn't love it. I didn't want it. But some things that were so deep, so, some traumas that were so hurtful, I, I uh, thought I'd dealt with, thought I'd forgiven thought I was fine. 
I was like, yeah, that happened, you know, 20 years ago, whatever. I forgive the person. It's fine. And God's like, mm, but actually, you, you still are believing in a, a, a lie from the enemy about this hurtful place in your life. And it just takes a step. One step toward him, and he's running full bore at you. Right? He's so faithful to meet us if we just take that step out in faith and in courage. And I know that in this core value, it says actively pursuing. That doesn't mean just one time. That doesn't mean I just, oh, I went to this inner healing. I was, it was fine. They set me free. Whatever. Jesus set me free. I'm good. I don't need any more. This is a lifestyle, beloved, because like I said, if you're breathing, if you're alive, you're going to have hurt and loss and pain and trauma, and it's not going to end until you get to heaven. And so for the Lord to be so kind and gracious to teach us ways to deal with those pains and to release them to him and for him to bring true freedom that's lasting is like, oh, man. <laughs> ah, I don't even I don't even have words. It's that good. So I have seen my sin for what it is, and I have come to a place of repentance for it. And you know what I found? The most loving, kind God who did not shame me or condemn me for walking in that sin. But he saw my pain, and he saw my heart, and he cared deeply that I was wounded. This wrecked me when I was in active rebellion against the Lord, and my sin was against him, and he did not leave me. He did not stop meeting me or speaking to me or letting me feel his presence, but in such a kind and loving way, he brought me to repentance for that rebellion. He is not a condemning father. He's so, so kind. You know, we talked about the Lord restoring our souls in Psalm 23. And in Isaiah 49, chapter, um, or chapter 49, verses 14 through 16, it talks about how when God's people were crying out to him, and they were saying, Lord, you've forgotten us. You've abandoned us. Right? How, literally, that was me. I was like, my friends don't love me. You don't love me. Nobody's, everybody's abandoned me. <laughs> this was... When Jerusalem was in captivity, and this was the cry of their heart, they were just offering it up to the Lord, and they were being honest, and they were saying, you've abandoned us. And his reply, his reply, I cannot get over. It is so amazing. He says, can a nursing mother forget the child that she nurses? Even if she does. I will never forget you. And as if that's not enough, 
he goes on to say, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hand. I have, I have engraved you on the palm of my hand. And your walls will ever be before me. And the walls represent the health, the strength, the prosperity, and the security of his people. That is what the wall represents. The bottom line is he cares deeply for the condition of his people. He cared then, and he cares now. And it takes courage, beloved, to admit that we're hurting. And it takes even more courage to forgive. Here are, because I know this is a sensitive area. I do not want to pretend like some of you have been hurt so deeply and that you should just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and forgive because the Bible tells you to. That is not honoring to the pain deep within your heart. And God doesn't give us that example. This is not the example that Jesus gives us or the Lord when he comes to his people when they're hurting. These are some direct quotes from um, a woman named Katie Luce, who is um, an advocate for inner healing, and she has developed her own healing prayer ministry um, for wounds of the heart. And I just, I love these quotes because they are so they're just so good. So I'm going to read them to you because I want them to usher in an encouragement to your soul if there are places that you're like, there are people in my life who've hurt me bad, and I don't know that I can ever forgive them. That is a real place, a very, very real place. Forgiveness is the courageous act of letting go and submitting the need for justice to the leadership of Jesus. Our pain cries out for justice. But forgiveness does not mean that our pain doesn't matter. It matters deeply. And it matters to God. It means that we are handing over the role of judge back to God. That's what forgiveness means. It means that we give up the right to hold that offense against that person any longer. Beloved, forgiveness is costly in nature. And yet in return, it bestows a liberty that is deeper than the cost it demands. I had deep places in my heart that I couldn't release to forgiveness because it was such a great injustice and I thought God didn't care. I thought he wanted me to pull myself up and forgive because that's what his word says to do. And that is not true. That is so far from the truth. Forgiveness is a big part of inner healing. And trust me when I tell you that nothing compares to the freedom of joy that's found in it. When we were preparing for this message, we really um, wanted to go after some inner healing things. We understand that it's getting late. Um, if you need to be released, we, we absolutely release you and bless you in Jesus' name because we're going to go into some corporate inner healing times. 
it shouldn't take long, but we really felt like God had pressed upon these certain issues in our heart that we want to corporately, as the body of Christ, um, pray with you and speak over you. Um, Kira had taught us last week, this was so perfect, about the image center and how God speak to us through the image center. And, and that is a big part of how we can hear Holy Spirit. And so we might use our image centers today. We're going to use eyes that see and ears that hear to listen to the Father as, as he comes and brings healing that we so desperately need. And so the first one, this one's going to be touchy, but we really felt so strongly that this needs to be addressed, and we so We so desperately want this to be addressed as well. And so does the leadership here. We kind of brought this before them and said, what if we go after this? They're like, yes. If the Holy Spirit's putting it on you, please, yes. And we're like, okay, it's going to be scary, but okay. (laughs) Beloved, we want to invite you to stand if you have ever been hurt within the context and the four walls of the body of Christ, of the church. And we stand for this as well. If you have been hurt by church, by people in church, by leaders in church, I feel like, beloved, you should all be standing. But it's, a, I don't want to, it's you. you. This is your choice that you are making. We have stood for this. We know that this is a very, very real, real thing. And if you would be willing, I want to invite you this morning to offer to offer this pain and this hurt up to God in exchange for healing. See, because we've been in leadership now for almost five years, officially leadership for five years, and we personally want to apologize to every one of you for any hurts that we may have caused you for anything that we may have said that brought you pain. And we also want to stand in the gap as the offender. You may have been coming from a different church, and this is your new home now. And we want to stand in the gap as, as the, the offender, the one who may or may not have been us. And so when we say these prayers to you, we want you to know that if it's from us that you are receiving this um, this hurt from that we are, we are asking for your forgiveness it is if it is not us we are just standing in that gap of who, whomever that was as a leader of the church like we read on the core value we're to actively pursue this yes. inner healing <laughs> Jesus is here. He just stretches his arms out and he says, come to me. And like Tammy said, give you that exchange. And we just feel like we would be disobedient this morning if we didn't take you through this. We also want to invite anyone online, if you are watching this now or watching it in the future, if this is you, beloved, you stand wherever you are. You receive this as well in the name of Jesus. And we want to go a step further and to say, it's not okay when leaders of the body of Christ are not representing the Father well, 
But we know that the greater um, scheme here is from the enemy to bring division. He hates the body of Christ. And he wants us to hate the body of Christ as well. And he wants to isolate us from it. So there's a deeper sense here that the enemy's trying to get at instead of, you know, attacking just one person. The enemy really, really hates when the body of Christ comes together in love and unity. So for those of you that are standing or that have a hurt or a wound from the bride of Christ, from the church, we just honor you today. We know that this is a very brave thing that you're doing. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come into this space just to intervene, to bring healing, to bring forgiveness where there needs to be forgiveness. I just stand in the place of any leader today who has wounded or hurt you. I apologize for the times when spiritual leaders or ministry leaders used you for their agenda and then passed you by. When your ideas weren't well received, maybe you started asking questions and things got in an awkward place and you were just ignored. I just stand in that gap and apologize for that. I also stand in that place for every leader and ask your forgiveness. By forgiving those leaders, you're releasing yourself from that prison. So I'm asking you for that forgiveness. Specifically for women, when this has felt like a male-dominated place, and I'm not just talking praise fellowship, I'm talking the church in general. When the church has felt like a male-dominated place and that we men shoved you out, as though you did not belong or have a place among us in leadership. When as women you experienced a glass ceiling and as God was raising you up in leadership, we pushed you back down. We apologize for those things when things got hard and we just up and left and abandoned you without explanation. That left you feeling like you were the reason why we left. We ask for your forgiveness. And for the times when we as leaders have shamed you from the pulpit and we acted like we were more holy and righteous than you. For the times when you have felt misunderstood as you were going through pain. You felt all alone because we acted like we didn't care enough to check on you. We apologize for when you were going through tough times and nobody checked on you and you seemed to have slipped through the cracks. For the times we made you feel invisible as though you didn't exist and didn't matter, we apologize. We are deeply sorry for when you needed encouragement and all you found was being ignored for manipulating you and using you and then throwing you away when we were done and no longer had a use for you.
her using you for her own agenda. And when you didn't agree anymore and you started to question, we disowned you. That when you were first learning to hear from God and learning about Holy Spirit and how he speaks, that you were told, we don't do that here, as if you were wrong to believe in the gifts of the Spirit. That when you were looking for a place of safety to heal your broken heart, you got met with cold, harsh responses, as though you should know how to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And when you couldn't do that, we judged you. We are deeply sorry when we made you feel inferior to us and that we were spiritually inferior to you as leaders. We are sorry for when we didn't apologize for getting it wrong due to our own insecurities. So I just bless you today to be all that God created you to be. I bless your spirit to be able to trust again and also to forgive. And in the name of Jesus, I ask Holy Spirit to come right now and heal any pain, any hurt, anything that needs to be reconciled under the blood of Jesus today. We call that forth into existence. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're the great teacher. And we, as Praise Fellowship, cry out to you this morning and say, we want to be reconciled to you as well. We want to be one family through the blood of Jesus Christ. We want to actively pursue inner healing. We want to actively be encouraging one another. We want to be transparent with one another. And we just give you our yes this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We bless all of your spirits in Jesus. Name. Thank you for being brave to stand. I honor you. And we want to go after something else this morning, too. If God is meeting you in that place, you can continue to stand, but I would invite you to sit if, um, if you feel that you can because I want to go after something else that I felt like in the middle of the night this week, I felt like the Lord was putting his finger on this. And it, I don't know. I don't know. It, maybe it's for someone online. Maybe it's for someone in this room. But I want to go after childbirth trauma. If you, as a woman or a spouse or a parent, were in a labor and delivery room where there was trauma during childbirth, I invite you to stand, beloved. Is that anyone here? You had trauma during childbirth. Okay. This can be a spouse or a family member as well. And I want to say you are brave to, I want to say you are brave to stand. And I honor you. And in the name of Jesus, I take authority and break off the spirit of trauma that you have experienced. I break off the feelings of helplessness and the bonds that that has had over your life. I cancel any assignment of the enemy to hold you in the bonds of guilt and shame surrounding this experience as though you may have done something wrong. That that would no longer be a place of pain for you from that memory. 
that Jesus would come now and heal the memory, that all the trauma from that memory be gone in Jesus' name. And I want to say how strong and brave you were in those moments, that you were enough. And I bless your heart to heal in Jesus' name. And in the name of Jesus, I release from you any and all guilt from any decisions that were made in those moments. And I release from you shame that you may have felt surrounding that experience. And I bless you in the name of Jesus and I say you are a good mother. And for anyone who may be holding unforgiveness for any doctors, nurses, or midwives, I bless your heart to forgive and to be able to forgive yourself. And in the name of Jesus, I call back to you the things that were stolen in those moments, the feelings of joy and excited anticipation of meeting your baby for the first time, and how the enemy has robbed you of that. I ask that God now restores to you joy and excitement over that memory and restores to you a tenfold blessing in place of the trauma. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you are doing. I thank you for your kind, your kindness. You're so kind to come and to meet your people. And as we are exiting now, I just, I want to say just a corporate blessing over all of you. We just bless all of you in the name of Jesus to go about your week, to be able to hear from God like never before, that truly you would have eyes that see and ears that hear like never before. We bless you to see visions and dreams in the name of Jesus. We bless your ears to hear the Holy Spirit however he wants to show up and to come and to speak. We bless your emotions to heal and to be able to feel God like you may have never felt before. We bless your heart to be able to give and receive love from Father God himself. This is kind of a general dismissal now, but the altar is open always. It's always open. Uh, we will hang out here and pray for whoever wants to come forward and pray. But you are released. Have a blessed week. We'll see you next time.